Hi, welcome to Digital Nomad Stories, the podcast. My name is Anne Klaasse and I am your host. I started this podcast because podcasts have literally changed my life. Because of podcasts that I listened to years ago, I realized it is possible to live as a digital nomad, travel the world while working remotely. I since have started my own business and I travel the world. I am living the dream and I want to share my story, but also the stories of other digital nomads with you so that hopefully you get inspired and chase your dreams as well. Okay, let's go. Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of Digital Nomad Stories, the podcast. Today I'm here with Krista and I'm super excited about this interview. I know that I say this almost every week, but this time I'm super excited (laughs) as well um, because I've been following Krista on Instagram for forever, like years. I don't know how long exactly, but at least five years. I'm I'm sure at least five years. Um, So it's really exciting that she is on the show today and she has been a digital nomad for eight years, I think. So she has been to a lot of different countries. She's currently based in Bali and she is a digital nomad coach right now before she worked nine to five, a remote nine to five. And now she is a digital nomad coach. So I am sure that we have a lot to talk about today. Krista, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for that. Thanks for that intro. I love it. Yeah, so you're a digital nomad coach at the moment. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about what that means exactly, what you do every day? Sure. So being a digital nomad coach, I work with a specific group of people. And these people, it doesn't matter where in the world they are. It doesn't matter what experience they have. The thing that links all the people together that I work with is that they know they want the digital nomad lifestyle, but they're not really sure how to start. So I help them get started. And the way that I help them get started is by, um, I I have this special offer where I do this really in-depth career assessment, where I take a full survey of like so much information on this person, their skill set, their interests, their personality, the things they like, the things that they don't like, the things that they think they might like, the things that they know they're not going to like, even if they haven't tried it yet really like a full, full, full spectrum. So it's a really customized personal experience. Um, But when I do that career assessment, usually I'm able to suggest something to that person within a 45 minute window. And um, usually after this career assessment, the person is like, the client is like, oh my gosh, I never thought that I could do that, but this makes so much sense. How did you, how did you come up with this idea? So I have really good success with this career assessment process. Um, And then once they know what they're going to do, then I'm able to take that client through the process of building a business around that new idea that we just came up with in the career assessment. Um, And currently I'm, I've, I've stopped doing one-on-one clients and I'm only doing group because I feel like the community aspect is so important. And this is why, because so many people that want to become digital nomads feel very alone in their desires. They feel like no one understands their dreams. No one approves of the fact that they want to break free from the nine to five. And not only do people not approve, but they also might outwardly judge them. So it's really such a supportive environment for my clients to be with other people that are also building remote businesses at the same time and starting in the same place. So yeah, we also do a lot of mindset work in the process. And ultimately, it is just a huge 
transformative journey that the client goes through where they start off lost and confused, having no idea what they can do to work online, ultimately to being an entrepreneur, an online entrepreneur that is more confident and more self-assured than literally ever. And wow, what a gift it is for me to get to do this work. I love it. It sounds really awesome and definitely something that I needed when I started because I totally relate to that feeling of being alone in in your desires. Like I had people tell me like, okay, that sounds really good, but it's kind of a crazy dream, right? Like you cannot really do that. Um, people just didn't really believe that I could do it. It de- definitely feels like you're you're completely alone. And also it's difficult to trust yourself in doing this and building this new new thing up. And there are so many things to do online. So then what do you choose? I have definitely been there. So I think it's awesome that you help people figure this out. I think um, it would have saved me a lot of stress <laughs> for you sure. Me too. <laughs> me yeah. too. I, I was trying to find find my place in the remote world for years before I ended up getting my remote job. And then for the last year of my remote job, I also was like, how do I, two years, how do I create a remote business of my own? I want to work for myself. So yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like the reason why I'm able to do what I do is because I've been through the process myself. That makes sense. So Krista, can you take us back to eight years ago when you decided that you wanted to go remote and that you wanted to become a digital nomad? Or did you call yourself a digital nomad back then already? Or did you just uh, go off to travel and see see how it goes? I totally had no idea what a digital nomad was before I got started. So yeah, um, back when I began, when, when my new life Again, is really how I like to think about it. It feels like a re- it feels like I'm talking about a rebirth because my life before and after this event is just so crazily different. So um, before my pre- my old life, my previous life, my former life, um, I was yeah working a nine to five in New York City. I was working at an agency um, doing marketing, and it just. I like really thought that this was the dream at first. Like I was like, this is what I want to do. I can't wait to wear pencil skirts and heels to work and take the subway and just be just like Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City. And I had this whole like very romanticized idea of what my life would be like. And then after three years, I just felt so drained, like so emotionally depleted, physically depleted, like I feel like in a, in a city environment like that, you just really can't take care of yourself, you know, like it's hard to take care of your body, to eat well, to prioritize working out, to prioritize sunlight. So essentially after three years of living in New York, I lost my job, which whatever, long story short, it wasn't my fault, but I did get let go from this last, from this last agency. And then I was met with the decision of, well, what do I do now? Because I was really unhappy there anyway. So I feel reluctant to go into a new nine to five job. I I just don't want to. So I was like, what the heck do I do? I have no money. And like, I, I need, I need a job. So uh, there wasn't Instagram at the time. All there really was, was blogs. So I did like, a, I just did a deep, deep, deep dive into blogs on how to make money while traveling. So when I say I've been there, like I've been there without anybody anybody able to help me at all. Like I literally was like, how do I do this? 
And yeah, basically um, out of all the options that I read about, the one that made the most sense for me, I thought was to go teach English in Thailand. So even though I had no desire to teach English, like that wasn't really part of my plan. I was just like, I want to travel. I have no money and I need a job. So this checks all those boxes. So I booked my first ever one-way ticket to Thailand, sold all my stuff. Um, It was the scariest thing I've ever done. Like literally that was maybe one of the scariest moments of my life ever. Um, But yeah, I'll never forget getting off that airplane or like actually right before we landed, looking out the airplane window and seeing this like green, like tropical landscape and then a big white Buddha sticking out of it and being like, where am I? And just feeling so aligned. Like I knew that this was the beginning of something amazing and that I was meant to be here. So um, I really feel like I was meant to be there because all this magical synchronistic stuff started happening. Um, Basically, I I'm really summarizing right now, but basically um, I ended up getting a job not teaching English, but doing marketing, which was super cool because I actually did like marketing. I just didn't like the environment that I was in in New York. So I got to do something that was more aligned with my career. It actually elevated my career like crazy. Like I started going to all these like fancy parties because I was sort of like living the high life. I was editing a magazine. Um, (laughs) Yeah. How did you get this job in Thailand? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Crazy story. I Okay. So basically I went to Thailand to be an English teacher. Um, so I got my TEFL, my teaching English as a foreign language certification on the island of Koh Samui. And that was amazing. It was like a month long that I was there. And, um, I was thinking like, maybe I'll stay on the island, but I had a friend who also was from New York and she was like, yeah, but like, what about the city? Like, I feel like the good teaching jobs are going to be in Bangkok. So I was like, reluctantly like, okay, you're right. Like, let's check it out. And maybe I'll end up back on the island. So I went and I was. I was looking at all these teaching jobs, but it was in the middle of the semester, like it was October. So um, really the only teaching jobs that were available were the ones that a teacher had quit from or jobs that were out kind of like in the outskirts of the city and Bangkok's massive. So I like, I was like, if I'm going to live in Bangkok, I want to be in the city city. Like I want to be in the center. So I started thinking maybe I just have to wait until the next semester to get a good teaching job but I still didn't have any money. Like, and especially the little money that I did have was dwindling because I had been there for a month without working already. So I was like, Hmm, okay, what do I do to hold me over until the next semester starts? And I actually went onto Craigslist, um, which like, I haven't even looked at Craigslist for years. I'm sure it's still the same. It, It was the same then it's probably the same now, just like the most basic forum posting place ever. Um, but the thing is Craigslist is so international and there's anything and everything on there. So I was just looking for like part-time gigs, like random things that I could do to like make a little bit of cash. And um, I applied for a job that I thought was a blogging position, like just something where I would be writing a little bit. And uh, I got called in for an interview. I remember I met the two guys at Starbucks, a German guy and an English guy who owned this company. And they were like, wait a minute, you have three years of experience working in marketing in New York City. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, like, what's so great about that? But they were like, oh, my God, thank God you're here. Like, we need someone with your skill set. And it's just so hard to find in Bangkok. Um, So uh, when can you start? And also, do you want to have this digital marketing position, this like this like marketing manager position? 
And I was like, what? Like, this would have never happened in New York, by the way. Like, I never, ever would have been given that, like, silver platter job. Um, but it was just, it was just handed to me, like, out of nowhere. So, I mean, I did what I moved to Thailand, right? And I applied for the job and I was there at the right time in the right place. Um, but yeah, I, I do still think that was like such an amazing stroke of luck. And a few months after me working there, the company decided to, they wanted to launch a magazine and I got put as the head of the project and I became the editor in chief of this glossy real estate magazine in Bangkok. Uh, so yeah, I was living the high life as an editor in chief, like in Bangkok at the age of, I was 25. Um, and I was making twice as much money as I would have made as an English teacher, which still wasn't a ton of money, like in dollars, but it was more than enough to live a very cushy life in Thailand. Um, so yeah, so that is how that happened. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. But the opportunities are everywhere. You just got to see them, right? Because if you would have been, okay, well, English teaching is not happening because the middle of the semester. Okay, I'll just go home. Like that was, that would also potentially have been an option. I think also people would have just said, okay, not working by now. Um, then you would have never gotten this job and maybe you wouldn't even be here now, you know, like that's, that's so crazy that you took that opportunity and that you ran with it. So did you also go into the office then every day? Was it just like an office job, um, yeah. on location, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was in an office and it was actually really cool to work in it, in an office in abroad because half of my office was Thai and then the other half was foreign. So it was like people from all over the world. Plus like I got to really get to know Thai people, which is I think a really special opportunity when you live abroad. Like even though I've lived in Bali now for two years, I don't know the Indonesian people on it on a level as I did in Thailand because I'm just not as integrated in their culture. Um, so yeah, I was going into the office. So I wasn't really like a digital nomad then, then I guess you could say, cause I wasn't nomadic, although I was still traveling around Southeast Asia, every opportunity that I got. Um, but basically after two years in Thailand, um, I felt like living on the other side of the planet wasn't super sustainable long-term. And I went back home to the U.S. to try to figure out like, okay, maybe I'll move to Austin, Texas. Maybe I'll go to California. But I, I still didn't really want to do that. Like I didn't want to live in the States for whatever. I just didn't want to. So uh, I ended up applying for a remote job, got the remote job. And it was like a job that I only would have gotten had I had the experience that I had in Bangkok. Yeah, basically I got a remote job and uh, I started traveling. and. I had already sold my stuff before I moved to Thailand. So there was just no reason for me to ever base myself anywhere. Like it would have been so much work to decide where I was going to live that I just didn't live anywhere and just <laughs> lived out of a suitcase basically for, for years. Um, I do want to say that like, I go into the story way, way, way more on my own podcast, which is the digital nomad life podcast. It's one of the first episodes. It's the first episode, how I got started as a digital nomad. So if you want to hear more details about like how all of this craziness unfolded and how I got to where I am today. Um, I would say, yeah, it's all, it's all in there. <laughs> yeah. We will also link it in the show notes. So you can go to the, that specific episode when you click the link there. I was also wondering how was that at the start of working remotely for you? Like now, um, I know that still many, many people, including myself, <laughs> struggle finding a balance between working remotely, traveling, having a work any work-life balance, to be honest. 
Um, but I think especially back then, it was way newer than it is now. Uh, so how was that for you? The first like thing that comes to my mind right now is just at, like fielding so many questions from people. Basically, I because I had been living in Thailand, I wasn't rolling in the dough. Like I didn't have a ton of money saved when I first started working remotely. So I was living in hostels <laughs> um, for like all over Central and South America for like $8 a night for months. I did that. Um, so, you know, had to make sure my laptop was like locked up every night and that, um, I would like hang sarongs from my, from my bed, basically from the top bunk so that I could have a little bit of privacy. Cause I was like literally living in a hostel. Um, but it was super fun. And it was really just like, so interesting. Cause I'd be, I'd be in the hostel lobby and all these people would be like, you know, people I'd meet in the hostel, they'd be like, Krista, like, we're going to go, we're going to go to this event. Like this, like you know, cookout on Wednesday night. Do you want to come? And I'd be like, oh, I still have to work. And they're like, I see their brains being like, do not compute. Like what? Like, <laughs> what do you mean you're working? Like we're in Ecuador. Like we're literally <laughs> in this, like a small surf town in the middle of nowhere. And I'd be like, sorry, like I work remotely. And I just see their brains like explode. <laughs> and be like, what the heck? Like no one had ever heard of this lifestyle. It, I mean, some people did. But for the most part, I was I was explaining myself all the time. Um, but it was cool. Like, and I think that's actually like because maybe I was one of the first people like to really do this and um to start sharing about it. It just like I noticed the more I shared, the more I I just was inspiring people all the time and like introducing this new concept to them that they were so excited by and like, yeah, just literally mind blown by. So I think um yeah, even though at the beginning it was like tough because I really didn't have any money and um, I was uncomfortable a lot because I was living in hostels and I didn't have many people around that related to me at the same time. I think that experience also was like it it really was the beginning of the business that I that I have and love now. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, the other side of digital nomad life, like if you don't have the community, that is what digital nomad life looks like. And then if you do have the community, that is also what it can look like. So that definitely makes sense. And when you were living in hostels, were you also traveling around quite a lot? So were you more of a fast traveler? Mm, I was probably like, let's see, at the very, very beginning, this is what I did. I was in Costa Rica. I went to Nicaragua for three weeks, but I was in like, I was in whatchamacallit, San, San Juan del Sur for two weeks and then Granada for another week. And then I went to Colombia. So I went to Colombia and then I was in Colombia for like, I think two months, but a whole month and a half of that was in Medellin. So I stayed there like pretty stably. And then from Medellin, I went to Ecuador and I stayed in Montanita for like three weeks. And then I went to Banos for one week. And then I went back to Nicaragua for three weeks with the Wi-Fi tribe, which is like a group of digital nomads. And I lived in one house there. And that was like a really great experience. And then I went to Brazil for three weeks. And there I did like Rio in a week and then Sao Paulo and then the North for a week. And I was actually like moving around a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So yeah, for anybody listening, like I don't, I mean, I don't really recommend doing that if you are going to build a business. Um, but for me, like I had a job job, which what like I pretty much just like opened my laptop when it was nine in the morning 
East Coast time and close it when it was five. And I really didn't have to think about it outside of those hours. So um, actually, it was it was okay for me to work for me to travel that quickly. It's just like if you're anywhere for less than like nine days, uh, then it's like you really can't see the place and get your work done. But if you're there for nine days, you have Monday through Friday to work. And then you have the weekends on either side to like do stuff. And you also have the nights or the mornings, depending on the time zone. And I feel like nine days is like minimum perfect amount of time. And it's totally okay. That's really interesting. We're going to Gran Canaria from our home base. Uh, So we have a home base now uh, in Hamburg, Germany, but we're going to Gran Canaria for two weeks and I just think it's so interesting that you said that because I was also like puzzling around a little bit with the days. I was like, okay, we got to go on a weekend because then my boyfriend doesn't have to work and I'm a little bit more flexible with my schedule. Because, But I was like, okay, so we can go on like Friday evening or Saturday morning. So then we have the weekend, we can work a week and then we have another weekend. <laughs> so I was like doing this whole puzzle in my head. Now we actually decided to take the second week off work both of us so that also solves the problem but especially when you go for a longer time you cannot take every second week off of course so i think this is actually a great tip for anyone who wants to try out digital nomad life maybe not necessarily for a long term but also just um shorter trip make sure that you you have the weekends in there totally yeah i i think that's actually a great point like i think right now there are so many people in the world that have experienced working from home And they're starting, like, it's like the wheels are starting to turn. It's like, hmm, like if I can work from home, if they're letting me do it here, (laughs) maybe I can do it somewhere else. And it's like, you don't need to um, shock your employer by asking to go 100% remote just yet. But ask your employer if you can work remotely for one week and, you know, like, like um, get on a flight after work on Friday go enjoy all day Saturday, all day, all day Sunday, work Monday to Friday, enjoy yourself on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then fly back Monday morning. And um, like, you've just experienced the digital nomad life for for a while. And um, hopefully, actually, I actually think that's a really productive thing to do if you do want to ultimately convince your work to let you go remote, because um like if especially if you don't tell them why you want to work remotely and you actually like seriously get your shit done during those days like if you do this if you do this like 9 10 day trip where you're working remotely that one week monday through friday and you are so punctual for all of your calls and you turn in your work early and you like really are super communicative with with your boss with your with your manager whatever um you just like have everything super super managed and then like three weeks later you drop it you like you know drop it to your boss that like oh i was actually in in colombia when when we had that meeting and your boss is like wait oh i guess there is no reason to not trust you like it doesn't matter where you are obviously you can get your work done even if you are abroad Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good tip for people who want to maybe take their job remote if if it's not officially a remote job yet, um, but they want to go remote. This this could be a first step to do that, right? Yeah, it's a little ballsy for sure. I feel like people listening to that are going to be like, oh my God, that's terrifying. But um, I believe in 
seeking forgiveness rather than asking for permission. (laughs) (laughs) My philosophy, but obviously (laughs) if you want to have this lifestyle, like you got to be a little bit of a rebel. Like it is, it is an alternative lifestyle. So you can't do everything the way that everybody else does things. And you're going to have to do things that are not a hundred percent socially acceptable, but on the other side of doing all this uncomfortable things is literally just the coolest life ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You have to take your responsibility uh, to do the work, um, but then you can probably give yourself permission to do some other things that no one needs to know about, like taking flights and working from a location that definitely makes sense. Um, So Krista, at the moment, you are based in Bali for a while already. Um, Would you say this is your new home base? Yeah. So um, interesting time to be asking that question. So um, like if you asked me that like three weeks ago, I would have been like, hell yes, I'm never leaving. I just love it here so much. I came just before the pandemic. Basically, in 2019, I was traveling like so much and I started getting really burnt out. And then I hired a business coach. And that was when I started working on my business at the end of 2019. And yeah, like I was saying, I think if you're creating your own business, like you really don't want to be traveling so fast. And I knew that that was true. So I was like, okay, I'm going to create this business and then I'm going to just stop traveling. Um, And I just very serendipitously ended up in Bali and it was like the perfect environment. And I think it's really fostered um, the the really rapid growth of my business. It's really grown so much in the past two years. It's amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was like, no, I, I just love it here. I'm so happy to finally find a home and to stop traveling. There's this phrase that people in Bali say, and it's that mama Bali will call you in. And when you're ready, she'll spit you out. So I really feel like you know, the, the, just the way that I ended up in Bali, like, and the perfect timing of right being right before the pandemic, I got called in like energetically. It was like, mama Bali was like, Krista, like, this is where you need, this is where you belong. And I was like listening to my intuition. And I was like, this is where I belong. I'm going there. And I felt that. And now all of a sudden it's like, I feel like I'm getting spit out. Like all of a sudden I have this, like, okay, I think I'm ready to leave the nest. Um, and I, but I do think I'll come back. I think I will go travel for, for like from June until October of this year. I really want to go to Burning Man. I want to visit my family. I want to see some new countries because it's been so long since I've, you know, like traveled, traveled, traveled. So yeah, but I think in October, I will definitely come back to Bali. I got a dog here and uh, I have like so many friends and such a great community that I really love, love, love the stability of living here as well. So yeah, I'm kind of in this new territory where like when I first started traveling, I was living abroad as an expat, not having the opportunity to be a nomad. And then I went hardcore nomad and then like did that for years, like five years. And then I got super burnt out and I was like, okay, Bali or nowhere. And then I was kind of like a digital nomad, but based in Bali. And now I feel like I'm finally ready to integrate all of it. And like, nomad for some months of the year, but still have my life abroad. And uh, yeah, I'm just super excited for this next chapter. It just feels really, really right. This is just so relatable. Um, I've also tried the extremes. (laughs) And I've also tried building a business on the road, which like you said, 
not recommended. It's not easy to do. Um, it's very stressful for several reasons. And I'm also really grateful to just have a home base for the past months to build a business more, make it more stable. I've had the like, same story as you. It, it just has been so valuable to have this time to really focus on business and not having to worry about, okay, well, well, where will we go next week? Where will I sleep tonight? You know, I have to book Airbnbs. <laughs> Definitely see that. And I also love what you said about integrating all of it and finding more of a, of a balance maybe. So your plan is to travel maybe a little bit faster during a few months of the year and then having more of a home base during the rest of the year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So now that I feel like I'm going to be traveling in June, I'm like, okay, now is go time. Like I'm going to work so hard for the next few months. Um, I'm going to make sure that like I get in the best shape of my life fitness wise. Like I'm going to, you know, spend all the quality time with my dog, like get a lot of like great time in with my good friends and just, yeah, like really try to scale my business aggressively in the next few months so that in June, I can just kind of like do the bare minimum and manage the business, not necessarily grow it, but just like run it. Um, and then when I come back in October, it's go time again. That sounds really good. Yeah, I have a similar plan. Um, so it sounds really good. Can you share a little bit more about what it is like to live in Bali? Because I know that Instagram uh, paints a certain picture and some things are definitely true about living in Bali. Uh, we've also been in Bali for the first five months of the pandemic. Um, and then what you said about Mama Bali spits you out. I had exactly that. Like they made things really, really complicated with visas and very unclear and everything. So in that time we were like, okay, that's it then. Then we'll leave. <laughs> Came back to Europe. Um, but can you share a bit, little bit more about your experience living in Bali as a digital nomad? Yeah. Wow. I just love it, obviously. Um, it's paradise, in my opinion. Um, one of the big selling points, I think, is... I think the big, biggest selling points are the cost of living, really, really affordable, um, and high value for how affordable it is too, right? Like, like you could live in the middle of India and it would be really affordable, but you're, you're not really going to also get like the high quality of living. So here it's super high quality for like low cost. Um, the community is something that's so amazing. Like I'm in probably like six different WhatsApp groups with about a hundred different people. And um, every day it's like, this event is happening or does anybody want to come to this? Or so-and-so is having a birthday party and like, it's going to be on a yacht sailing around Nusa Penida, like one of the most gorgeous beaches literally in the entire planet. Um, and so there's just so many community focused events that it's really easy to like, one, once you meet like a couple of people here, you're in, you know, it's like, you just kind of really get adopted into this um, big, like nomad community. Plus like, you know, it's beautiful. I remember I was driving around on my motorbike because um, everybody drives a motorbike, which is also a really free feeling. So driving around and just like, you know, it's like beep, beep. Like you say, you see your friend driving past you because it's a small town. You like, I think every time I leave my door, I at least see somebody that I know. It like really feels like kind of like a high school, high school, like town. Um, Anyway, so I was like, oh, cool. Like there's so-and-so. Oh, there's my other friend. And I was like, interesting. Literally everybody I know here. And at this point, I know a lot of people because I've been here for two years. 
literally everybody that I know here is a digital nomad. And every single person has their own business or they're working remotely. And just like the number of like the number of things that people can do to work remotely is just like people just don't understand. But if you come to Bali, you're going to get it because you're going to start asking people like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? And everybody does something different. Um, so with that being said, like, it's not just a community of people. It's like a community of like-minded, inspiring people. And that's what I love about living in Bali so much. Mm-hmm. Good, very good point. I think just talking to people gets you so many ideas for your own business, for collaborating, for just like inspiration, like life inspiration, how these people are living their lives, how they run their business, what they even do. Do they have a business? I know that it's also a lot of remote workers who just work from Bali for a longer time, who have, I also know that there are a lot of people with a home base in Bali or people with families, dogs, like everything. So that is super cool. I definitely agree. Awesome. Well, Krista, I'm very curious where you'll go on your trip when you're leaving in June. And yeah, I'm excited to see on Instagram where you'll be. Can you share your Instagram handle and also where people can find your podcast again? Sure. So um, I go by Christabella Travels. Um, Well, you guys can see my name in the show notes. So Christabella Travels um, on Instagram. I also post a lot on TikTok. Um, So definitely if you're on TikTok, hit me up. Like, let's let's be friends over there. And yeah, my podcast is the Digital Nomad Life podcast. But the best place to reach out is for sure Instagram. Just say hi. Tell me you heard this podcast and let's let's be friends. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Krista. It was great hearing your story. And it is so inspiring to hear what you've done over the past eight years. And even within your digital nomad life, it sounds like you had different lives within this new life, right? (laughs) Oh my God, so true. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Many lives. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it very, very much. I would appreciate it even more if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts for me. That way, more people can find this podcast, more people can hear the inspiring stories that we're sharing, and the more people we can impact for the better. So thank you so much if you are going to leave a review. I really appreciate you. And I will see you in the next episode.